Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Something I don't I can't rap, I ain't got no hair. Uh, I don't even like fried chicken. <laughs> Watermelon make my eyes water. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, I, Anyway, I'm having to, I've had a great time. It's, it's, it went by fast. You know, it's like, you know, got here, God started doing some things, and then now it's time to, to get ready to, to go back home. You know, so I, I thank everybody for your hospitality, uh, for having me for dinner. If you had me for dinner, uh, the conversation, uh, it was great. Amen. All that you guys done. Um, I can say this, uh, I've been to a lot of churches, uh, in the states, this church is like being overseas, you know. And I say that because there's a lot of things that happen overseas that don't happen in the states. And uh, I was seeing that uh, in this place, Amen. This week, Amen. God is definitely moving. There's people praying, no doubt. You guys are doing something right, Amen. Continue to do that, Hallelujah, Amen. So if you got your Bibles this evening, if you'll turn to Genesis 37. Put your finger right about the, the 22nd verse. Amen. The pelican is the world's most unwanted ship. This ship has been sailing since uh, 1986. I hadn't checked and seen if they sunk it or what here lately, but this ship, uh, what happened in 1986, it was a convention that was held in Philadelphia. And in Philadelphia, uh, it was an opportune time for the people of the city to actually go on strike uh, because they wanted to get some things done. Uh, it wasn't happening. So they was like, you know, you got all these politicians coming in. We're going to, you know, just take a break and see how you like it. Well, the people that was on the sanitation department was part of those people that took a break. You know, if people ain't picking up the trash, you know, it's, it's going to get ugly around the city quite quick. If you've ever been to Philadelphia, it's a huge city. And so th that's what happened. Uh, the garbage began to pile up. And so the people that was on the outskirts of the city and suburbs, they began to partner together and come in and pick this garbage up. There's a lot of garbage. Uh, they began to take the trash to the landfill. The landfill filled up. So somebody came up with the idea, let's take the garbage and put it on this barge, on this ship. And uh, they did that. So after they got the ship all filled up, they had to get rid of the ship. So they turned it out to sea, and this ship began to float. Amen. This ship has been known to go into ports like in India, uh, in Jamaica, uh, all the way uh, over towards Korea. It's just floating all over the sea. And every time it comes into port somewhere, they get it, get the tugboats hooked up to it and take it right back out and send it back out to the ocean. You know, life is like that many times with us as humans. Life, it just seems like it just dumps garbage on us. You know, life, uh, you know, if you just, 
you know, think about life, you know, begin to meditate on life. Life is, seems like it's horrible sometimes. Uh, you know, dealing with people, people can, can fail you. Uh, people that you love can fail you. They can hurt you in life. In this scripture, we're going to read about a young man. His name is Joseph. Here's Joseph. Yeah, God gives him a dream. You know the story. Uh, his father makes him a coat of many colors. Uh, his father loved him, uh, no doubt. Uh, uh, but he had some brothers that was jealous of him. They did not like him. Uh, they would even went to the extent of killing him. It was good that he had a brother that decided to do something different. Uh, we'll read about uh, these people, the Ishmaelites, and and all of this and rejection. I want to title this this evening, Rejected or Redirected. Out of Genesis 37, 22, we read 26 to two, the 26th verse. It says, amen, do not shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness, uh, but do not lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them taking him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his uh, robe, the ordinate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into a cistern. Uh, the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. And as they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Galilee. Uh, their camels were loaded with spices and bombs and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt, verse 3026. Uh, Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we would kill uh, our brother and cover up his blood? Let's continue to read. Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed, verse 28. So when uh, the uh, Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Let's pray. Father, we come to you by the blood of Jesus. God, we thank you for this revival. God, all the supernatural that you've done in it, Father. God, we ask you, let your word continue. God, even after I'm far gone, Father, I pray, God, draw souls, God. This family that came out, God, draw them back and save their souls, I pray, God. Send the Holy Ghost right now, even as I preach, God, after them, God, to convict their hearts, I pray, God. God, I thank you, God, for all that you've done. I'm nothing, Lord, but a man. And God, you are holy. There is none like you, God. I thank you and bless this congregation. In Jesus' name I pray. And God's people said, amen. out of all we read there, amen, there's a lot of things that are going on in that story. Uh, you can take your own study on it. Uh, you can find out what the myrrh and spices, what they represent and all of that. Uh, and it's a lot that's going, a lot of revelation in there. But I'm going to pull this one scripture, amen, of the text uh, out of the, uh, verse 28. It says, so when uh, the Midianite merchants came by, the, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites uh, who took him to Egypt. How many knows, amen, this evening that rejection, this is what we're talking about this evening, amen, it will take you to places that you do not want to go. Rejection is a vehicle that will actually take you somewhere. We was reading about a caravan. Now here this caravan comes by, it picks up Joseph. It takes Joseph to a place. But who was in charge of this caravan? It was the Ishmaelites. 
These people, uh, amen, uh, they are a rejected people. If you begin to do your history on who the Ishmaelites were, if you read the story about Abraham and Sarah, they're trying to have a child. God gives them a promise uh, that they will have a child in their old age. Uh, something happened. They became, you know, uh, restless. Uh, uh, they wanted the child. So Sarah told uh, Abraham, listen, you can go into my uh, maid servant uh, and have a child uh, and all of that. The old man said, okay, no problem. He does that. But then they have Ishmael. Ishmael, a man, is actually the, the father of the Ishmaelites. Now, if you go and follow the story, uh, you'll read uh, that Sarah and, and Hagar, Ishmael's mother, they began to have this little spat. And so Sarah told, you know, Abraham, listen, you got to get rid of her. You got to get rid of the child. Uh, so Abraham had to take his own son and put him out of the house, out of his tent. And so here it is, Ishmael is actually rejected amen he is rejected uh, hallelujah and we're going to read uh, amen here it is uh, that uh, joseph uh, he was sold uh, to these people now these people were no strangers these, these people were cousins they were kinfolks and his own brothers sold him for 20 shekels of silver to these rejected people not just that but these rejected people in the caravan they take, took uh, Joseph someplace. They took him to a place called Egypt. Now, if you know about Egypt, Egypt is a place, uh, a man of bondage. The children of Israel spent 400 years in bondage, uh, in slavery. Uh, uh, there's taskmasters and all of that there. Uh, uh, they're getting whipped uh, and all of this. Uh, their minds are getting conditioned uh, in this slavery mentality and all of this. Um, let me tell you, rejection will take you to places that you do not want to go. And bondage, amen, is one of those places you do not want to go there. You know, maybe I'm not talking about, you know, bondages, you know, of shackles and chains, but the spiritual bondage, you know, the places like oppression and depression, uh, discouragement, uh, hallelujah, rejection many times bring about suicidal thoughts, low self-esteem. You know, parents, uh, I, I tell you to be careful about, you know, the words that you tell your children. Because you can tell your children things and bring down their esteem. They will really begin to believe that they're not no good or they're not going to amount to anything. You're not like your brother. You're not like your sister or some kinfolk or even a neighbor. And, and, and your parents, are you, you're comparing your child to somebody else that he can't compare to. He can't, you know, uh, be placed on that same level as that person. And that's not fair to that child. Therefore, that child could end up having self, uh, low self-esteem. I, I know I was one of those ch children. My mother, she often, you know, tell me, you know, you're not going to be like your cousins. You know, your cousins is this. And she would even go to the point of, you know, uh, 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 treating my cousins, you know, like young adults. And then treated me bad, man. You know, I, I love my mother. She asked for forgiveness before she passed away. I have nothing against my mother. But I remember these times that she would do this. Listen, your children will not forget uh, the words that you will tell them while they're young. As I was saying last night, children are like carpet. And they'll pick up everything. I want to throw in another disclaimer before we get into the sermon. Ladies, listen to me right here. Talking about rejection, do not reject your husband. And I'm, I'm going to kind of leave that right there. 
you know, you, you can put it together the way you want to. But you get into rejecting your husband, what's going to happen is your husband going to end up despising you. I've seen this work in my own household, my father. Here it is. He loved his young wife. Uh, I was about nine years old when they got uh, together, got married. Uh, and I could remember the love that my father had for her. He would look at her a certain way. And I was like, you know, when I get married, I want to have that same look for my wife. Uh, you can feel the love. But uh, 27 years later, my father, he would look at his wife and he'll have this look of despise on his face. He couldn't wait for her to turn her, her head away from him. So he'd be like, I was like, man, you know, something happened there. Something broke down there. And what it was is that she stopped doing the things that she should have been doing. I don't know the whole story in there, but it was like uh, she was holding stuff hostage away from him. And she would not share. She rejected him. And what that happened is they end up getting a divorce because of this very thing. So I set this warning out. You know, you, we hear all the time about guys falling to, you know, pornography or, or guys having extramarital marital affairs and whatnot. We always hear about that stuff, but we never hear about the wife, you know, just straight cutting them off. And it happens. And I'm putting that warning out there to you ladies. You want a happy home, make sure you take care of your business. I was uh, telling you, well, actually, I flew to Malaysia. And uh, God was, I like, put this on my mind. I had to do a marriage seminar. And I put this on my mind the whole flight. 16 hours, God is here. I'm like, God, I can't preach that. You know what? That's not going to fly. That's not going to preach. And so I get to Malaysia. I land up. Pastor Allen, he picks me up. You know, you guys know Pastor Allen, little India guy, guy amen, of Malaysia. You know, he preaches a conference. So, yeah, he picks me up, and he's driving, not even out of the parking lot of the, the airport. He says, you know what, man? <laughs> I love the way he talks, you know. He says, you need to preach on, you know, women holding back from their husbands. I was like, holy smokes, man. I was like, you know, that it was God, man. God had been dealing with me that whole flight about that very subject. And so I put a sermon together uh, for the marriage seminar. Everyone received, uh, amen, the word uh, in that, uh, hallelujah, uh, in that sermon because it was something that needed to be talked about. And listen, this is something that needs to be talked about. You want a happy marriage, keep your marriage happy. Amen. You said I do. You said it for a reason. Amen. For good or bad, make sure you keep it good. Amen. You know, people become rejected for many reasons. Many times it's because of hurt. Family members can hurt you. You know, your sons, uh, daughters, uh, amen, uh, mother, father, sisters, and brothers, man, are good at this. That they can begin to reject you. They can begin to talk bad about you and all of that, uh, amen. Uh, and then, you know, you can be taken to a place, a spiritual place of bondage. Be get depressed because of the things that they've said, the lies and, and all of this. And people are receiving it, you know, and, and, and all of this. Is, this is something that happened to me as well. Here, my mother, she's sick and she's dying. Uh, my brother, he had no money to do anything. And I was like, you know, before mom passed away, I said, listen, we need to sit down and we need to talk. This is a very serious situation right here. But my brother, he refused to do that. But what he would do is get, a, you know, hooked up with his friends or some other people that would hear him, you know, complain about some things. And then, you know, he began to reject me. I'm going to tell you that hurt. 
I was like, you know, not during this time. This is the worst time in life. Uh, uh, my parents has passed away, my mom. And, you know, now you want to start this stuff. I was rejected. It went on for a long time. You know, finally my family realized, you know, hey, that's not the guy that you was talking about. Praise God for that. Praise God for testimony. Hallelujah. But it still hurt, and I still had to process this very thing. Maybe it's not family members this evening. Maybe it's your social circle. Maybe it's at work, you know, people that you work with day in and day out. They won't accept you at this social circle at work, and therefore they talk about you. They make up lies and all of this. Maybe it's not work. Maybe it's not school either. Maybe it's you on your, your social network. You know, you get rejected. Sometimes, you know, people, you text them and they're, they're actually working, you know, and can't get back to you until later. You know, you, you text them a text, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, and blah, 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 and you expect, you know, a text right back. And they're actually doing something, you know, productive. And you, in the meantime, you don't got an attitude, man. <laughs> man, they should have texted me right back. They know that I'm, <laughs> you sitting at home doing nothing, but they're working. See, the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy this evening. And he's waiting. He's like that roaring lion. He's, he's waiting to pounce, you know, any opportunity he can, amen, to destroy relationship, destroy the relationship that you have with God. You know, in a, the year of 2017, at the end of the year, we were having a, a play going on at Colleen. It was the Grinch play. It was great production, man. You know, I remember, you know, I was just a, a, a usher, you know, ushering people, but 600 people showed up to the Grinch. 600 people, man. We packed our church in. Now, most people that ever been in our church at one time, and, and people are getting saved after this thing. Uh, hey, man, we got convert cards and, and follow-up, and all of this is going on. But all of that, I should have been happy. But something was going on inside of me, and I didn't understand what it was. I I was feeling, you know, just lonely and depressed and down. You know, this uh, rejection, you know, of family members, it was really working with me. And, you know, I began to, to, to get this feeling that the people in the church was rejecting me. I felt like I was out of place, you know. Uh, people, you know, I would say you, they would have a motive to come talk to me and be nice and try to invite me over to a fellowship. And something in my mind was saying the only reason they're doing that is they're trying to get close to me so they can hurt me. But what it was going on is that the devil, he was shooting these seeds, the arrows at me. He was trying to get me to fall. Hallelujah. But it was uh, Christmas Eve, uh, excuse me, uh, New Year's Eve night. God spoke to me. He said, what's going on here is a demonic spirit and is trying to get you to fall. And listen, you need to stop snapping at all of these people that actually love you. So I said, you know what, uh, hey amen, uh, it was after, you know, 12 o'clock going on now, and, and I just said a prayer, I said, God, I rebuked this thing by the blood of Jesus, and I actually felt this thing leave. It's an ugly, nasty spirit, this spirit of rejection. You know, I was even thinking things or thoughts, you know, of suicide, suicide. I don't, man, I'm not into that. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm a Christian for real. You know, I'm not into, you know, trying to take my own life. But the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I was like this wounded dog, you know, snapping at his owner. You know, uh, the owner is there to try to help and try to soothe the pain. 
And then here I am, I'm snapping at everybody around me, even my wife. You know, I had to tell my wife, you know, would you would you forgive me? For being this way, I'm sorry I said I said things, amen, uh, that no man should ever say to his wife. But I wasn't seeing things clearly. I was looking at life through rejection and this depression. See, someone who is trafficking in rejection, they tend to misinterpret the motives of other folks many times. You know, you begin to look at folks differently. You know, these people have been your friends for years. They really, really love you. But for some reason, you begin to look at it in a warped way. People who traffic in this spirit, you can tell because a conversation is laced with negativity. Everything is negative, you know. Like I was saying, you know, 600 people got say or 600 people come to church, you know, man, praise God. Oh, yeah, but them 600 people ain't going to stick. You know, the, uh, how many of them actually going to come to church? You know, how many people are you going to pray for, bro? <laughs> or you'll find this, you know, with people that are trafficking in this, in this spirit. Is that, you know, they, and this is not an absolute, but it happens. You know, birds of a feather, they flock together. <laughs> you know, people that are, are moving in that same, because they're hearing each other. They, they're, they're feeding each other. Uh, they're feeding that spirit, uh, amen, uh, uh, with each other. Uh, in Louisiana, the church that I was pastoring, I, I didn't understand this, but it, it happened. There was two people that were going to the church at different times. It was a guy and it was a girl. And, you know, the, when one was there, the other one was already gone and vice versa, you know. Uh, so uh, one Sunday morning, both of them showed up together at church. I was like, that's weird. Uh, how did they know each other? You know, it, it come to find out they've, Began to, they found each other on Facebook and began to talk about negative things that happened in church. So what they did was they partnered together and come to church just to show that they're, they're together, you know, that they're not destroyed. They didn't make it. They didn't even, you know, uh, two or three weeks, uh, here it is, you know, they, they began to fight amongst each other. I mean, horrible fights. You know, they tried to bring this into the church. I was like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. Not here. If you want to serve God, we'll help you serve God. But that negativity, that gossip and all of that, uh, that's not going to happen. Not here at this church. Birds of a feather, they flock together. (laughs) You know, amazing thing about Joseph. We read about Joseph and we never hear Joseph complain about anything. You know, Joseph was, he was a remarkable man. He wasn't perfect, but he was a remarkable man. Here he is, he's being rejected. He was rejected by his brothers. He was rejected by the Midianites. Amen. Uh, the Midianites sold him in, uh, to the Egyptians. He's working for Potiphar, you know, the second in power of Egypt. And, and now, you know, his own boss is rejected because the lie of his wife. You know the story. Here it is, you know, Potiphar's wife, she has this longing eye for the Hebrew boy. You know, ooh, he's a nice-looking Hebrew boy. You know, <laughs> you know they say, I would, it's say a longing eye. You know, how do you have a longing eye? You, I'm like, you, she had to have some kind of eye, you know, for this guy, you know. <laughs> and so here it is, you know, that he refuses uh, to sin against God, to sin against her husband. She grabs him in his garments. Uh, he breaks away. And then she put, put the lie out. He tried to rape me. And you know the story, amen. Potiphar had him put in prison. Now, 
prisons, amen, back then wasn't like prisons today. You know, the guys that's in prison today, even in Mexico, they got it better than the guys that, that were in prison, you know, in ancient times. It, what prison was in ancient times was a hole in the ground. It was a dungeon. You know, they didn't have, you know, the nice silver, you know, uh, potties in the sails, you know, or the, the steel, you know, metal, you know, uh, uh, mirrors, you know, in the cell. They didn't have none of that. So they had to use the restroom right there on the floor. Think about that. Disease, rats, and feces, and parasites, and, and all of this. But the Bible doesn't say that Joseph complained about any of this. That's remarkable. Here, you know, God, uh, amen, it helps him interpret the dreams. Uh, uh, he gives the interpretation to the cupbearer, and he asks the cupbearer, listen, don't forget about me. The cupbearer forgot about him. You still don't hear about Joseph complaining. You know, as I read that story, and uh, Joseph, he's not complaining about anything. And uh, what comes to me is that Joseph, he was able to understand that God was in control. Is God in control of your life this evening? See, Joseph, instead of, you know, getting it all twisted, that Joseph began to get closer to God and let God have his way in the situation. I read a remarkable quote, amen, and this quote was by a man by the name of Steve Marboyle. And Steve, he said this, he says, every time I thought I was being rejected from something good, it was actually being redirected for something that's better. And see, a lot of times, you know, we feel that we're being rejected, but God is it's ordained by him because it's a different direction that God wants you to run in. See, God wants you to be blessed more than you want to be blessed. God wants you to, amen, to have a, a, a fruitful life. Hallelujah. In Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that all things are work together for those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. When God say, no, what do you say? God, why? Why, God? I really want this. God is like, no, you don't need that. That's going to get you in trouble down the long haul. And that's why I'm saying no to it. You know, a lot of times, you know, what, what you might think is good for you is really not good to you. Oh, but God, man, that's, that's exactly what I need in my life. God says, no, you don't need that in your life. And you feel like, man, I'm being rejected by God. <laughs> the Bible gives a history of those who have been rejected. Hey, man, and God had a whole different plan for their lives. You can read the story about Gideon. Here, Gideon, amen, uh, the angel of the Lord tells him, you know, that he is a man of valor, a man of war. And then Gideon, he comes back, but I'm the weakest of my clan. He says this, amen, so he's telling me that I've been rejected by my clan, by my family. How could I be, you know, this man of valor? God had a different plan for this man. You read the story, amen, he overcame the Midianites, amen, that were coming up against uh, the Israelites. Or how about David? You know, the story of David, young David, he's on the back, you know, woods taking care of the sheep. You know, uh, here's Samuel, the, the priest. Uh, God tells him to take a horn of oil, you know, and then go, go and anoint the one that I choose, uh, I will tell you. 
here he got seven brothers at parade right in front of him. And it was none of them uh, that God had chosen. But so he asked, you know, Jesse, do you have another son? You know, Jesse, yeah, I, I got another one. He's on the backside of the property there, you know, taking care of them sheep. You know, what that tells me is that, you know, David, he must have been rejected, man. You know, but now they go and get David. Uh, and now, you know, that David, he's being anointed king. You know, when you're on the backside of something and when it seemed like you've been rejected, uh, you know, God may actually use you. Amen. Depending on how you're, you're, you perceive things, how you process life. You know, you don't hear about David complaining, man, they got me out here watching these sheep, you know, feeding these sheep. And I don't even want to be here, man. <laughs> no, but you know, David, he was playing the leer out there with the sheep. David was, you know, cultivating a relationship with God out there with them sheep. You know, think about it. David had a remarkable resume. You know, here this guy, he was a man of valor before he even fought. You know, where you get that at? Well, Saul, he asked, you know, for somebody to come play for him because he had this evil spirit on him. And then there was a servant that said, that, hey, that Jesse got a son by the name of David. He's out, you know, taking care of the sheep. And he learned how to play the lyre, you know, and he's a man of valor, too. And he's good looking. <laughs> you know, what a, what a resume, man. But he had the right attitude before God. And God was able to use him, amen, to bring two kingdoms together. And he's the king of Israel. Hallelujah. How do you process life when it seems like you're rejected? Do you keep your relationship straight with God when you feel like you've been rejected? Oh, God, it's just not fair. I don't like what's going on. There's a story about a man. This is a true story. When he was a little boy, they used to call him Sparky. But see, Sparky, he was a horrible person, amen, as far as, you know, trying to be a winner in life. This guy, you know, he failed at everything he did, man. He even failed the eighth grade. <laughs> you know, he goes on, you know, when he finally made it to high school, he failed physics. He failed math. He failed, you know, uh, Latin, uh, English, and all of this. He even failed, yes, P.E., physical training. He failed it. How do you, how do you fail P.E.? All you got to do is get you some shorts and show up, you know, and just be there and be accounted for. You could get at least a C. <laughs> this dude failed, man. He even went as far as, you know, get a position on a golf team. And he caused the golf team to lose a championship because he played so bad. And he was just known straight up as to be a loser. Everybody rejected Sparky, but he had a talent. And it, his talent was that he loved to, to draw. This was his hobby. He always had little drawings and whatnot. And so during the time, you know, right before he graduated high school, he, he, it was a competition going on with Walt Disney. He wanted to, somebody to draw some pictures. He was going to put them on staff to help with the cartoons and all of this. Uh, so his Sparky is like, this is my opportunity right here. I'm going to draw some pictures, you know, for Walt Disney. I get chosen. I'll be work working for Walt Disney from here on out. So, you know, the, the company actually sent him some pictures and told him just copy the pictures, to draw them, and send them back. Well, he did that, and guess what? He failed. That's right. They didn't choose Sparky. But something remarkable happened about this man. He didn't give up. 
You know, as a matter of fact, he was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to learn how to deal with this in my life, of, of this failure, this being a chronic underachiever in my life. So what happened is this boy, he began to draw for a, a comic strip. And this comic strip is a very famous comic strip that he used to draw. His name is Charles Monroe Schultz. If you ever heard of the Peanuts, Charlie Brown. Actually, when he was drawing Charlie Brown, he was making fun of his own self. But we see how famous that is across the world. Everybody know about the Peanuts in the world. See, we have to experience rejection and failure sometimes in life. You know, God gives you and I gifts. We're made unique. We all have talents, hallelujah. We have abilities. Do you know what your abilities and your talent is as an individual, as a Christian? You could contribute to this world. Praise God. We can look at the little boy that had the bread and the fish. You know, he didn't have much to offer at all. He had the bread and fish, bread and fish. He could have kept it and said, no, you're not getting my lunch. But instead that he offered up what he had, and God took that and he multiplied what he had. Whatever that you have, amen, for the kingdom of God, the gifting that God may have given you, that God can multiply what you have as long as you have a good heart about it, you know, that God could do miracles through you. The words, amen, that you can say to help people, uh, to bring people, you know, to salvation and all of this. You have a good heart. And, you know, I read the story about Joseph going to read about it, you know. In Genesis 50, you know, 19, you know, Joseph, he had the opportunity to give back at his brothers for selling him to the Midianites. You know, if that was one of us, you know, we'd be like, yeah, yeah, you take them, put them in bondage, and, you know, let them be a slave for a while. You know what I'm saying? But see, Joseph, he didn't do that. The Bible says uh, in verse 19 uh, of Genesis 50, it says, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in a place of God? But as for you, you meant it for evil against me, but God meant it for good. Hallelujah. He had a good heart. He processed this thing properly. You, You ever thought about, you know, why God says, vengeance is mine, said the Lord? He said that for a reason. It's just not just beautiful poetry, the reason why it's written. God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, so you can keep your little grubby hands off the situation. You know, you, you want to do things and get involved and get back at people, you know, because of what they did to you. God says, no, I'm the one. Let me have the vengeance. Because when you start putting your hands to it, either you're going to mess things up, uh, you know, with that person, or you're going to mess up the blessing that I have for you. See, being in a position that you're, you've been rejected or you're being rejected or going through something of such, actually, it puts you in a position to have great strength. That's something that I realized as I was going through all of this rejection with my brother and my family and all of this, I said, wait a minute, I'm going to sit back and God, I'm going to let you have your way with this. And, you know, instead of me going back and trying to get back at my brother, and, you know, most of the time that's what people want you to do is that they want you to get upset. They want you, you know, to say something. You know, see, I told you it was like that. Instead of processing this thing right. See, when you're processing rejection 
and all of this, amen, right, you'll begin to see, amen, that our Savior, he went down the same road of rejection. Oh, yeah. You know, even from the beginning, here he is, he's born. And now, you know, they're looking for a place, you know, to have him. Mary, she's big pregnant. You know, she, she's getting ready to have, you know, the little Jesus. But, you know, she, hey, is there room here? No, there's no room here. There's, everybody took up room. We, we can't help you, pregnant woman. There's a little barn over there with the animals. You could go over there and you could stay over there with the sheep and have a child amongst that. There was no room in the inn for our Savior. Not just that, but King Herod, he tried to have him kill. He's killing all of these babies uh, in, the, in the vicinity, you know, and he's, because he, he don't want a king. No, there can't be no other king. He's trying to kill Jesus. And they had to pack Jesus up and, and take him to where? A place called Egypt. Jesus, he goes into Egypt, but hey, God, he called him out of that place of bondage. Amen. Jesus, he goes into his ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. The Holy Spirit falls on him after he's baptized. He goes in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. He's fighting Satan. He comes back out of there, powerful ministry. And, you know, here's Jesus, our Lord. He goes to his hometown. He's preaching the gospel. And his own people in the town tried to take him and throw him over the cliff. Now, you're talking about rejection. That's some rejection there. These are people, you've been knowing them since birth, and now they're trying to kill you because you're preaching truth. They know the word of God. They're getting the same hearing of the Old Testament and all of this. But no, no, that's Joseph, boy. (laughs) Take him and kill him. Jesus gets away. The Pharisees and Sadducees, they're trying to kill him. They're plotting things out. The betrayal of the disciples, you know, that's some rejection right there. You know, he'd been working with these cats for like three years, and now, you know, when hardship come, oh, they're running away. Peter, he's denying him three times before the cock crow. That's some rejection. The whooping post. That's some rejection. Bible says that they whoop him so bad that he only looks like a piece of meat. He's so disfigured. And then it was the cross. Here our Lord and Savior, he's on the cross. He's taking the sin of all the world. Even your sin, you wouldn't even born, but he took your sin. He's already been beaten beyond recognition, and now he has his sin upon him. And the father, a man, looks at him, and he has to turn his face away from him. In Mark 15, 34, it says, In the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Listen, our Savior, he was rejected. But you know what, my friend, that our Savior, amen, he died. Amen, they put him in that tomb. And on the third day, my friend, he rose from the grave. Hallelujah. And that he sits at the right hand of the Father right now. He was the stone that the builders rejected. And listen, if you build your life, amen, on that cornerstone, you're going to build something that's going to be so erect and right that you will not be rejected in eternity. Ain't that something? That following Jesus and listen and and his lessons and all of that, his word, all of the truth, uh, you apply it to your life that you will not be rejected. How about you this evening? Maybe you've been through some rejection. 
Maybe it's rejection with, you know, the loved one, your husband or wife. There's some area in life that you've been rejected. You feel it. You may not talk about it, but you feel it. How do you process that? In this place, amen, God, he wants you to know that, you know, when there's rejection there, it's also opportunity for redirection as well. Let me have every head bowed and every eye closed. You know, I used to worry about stuff all the time. You're worried about God is in control. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.